1: If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn, please, if you will, to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. I know the reference says the Gospel of John chapter 1, and there's a great text there as well about how Jesus told those disciples that were following John to follow him, and and they took off and followed him. I want to continue this sermon series that I started several weeks ago, Matthew chapter 4, and verse number 19. And it says, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people, or I will make you fishers of men. This is Jesus, and he looked at Peter and John and Andrew and and his disciples, and as he went by, he put out this call to them to follow him. I think one of the things that's missing in our churches today are true disciples of Jesus Christ. I think the church is filled with converts, which is a good thing. But the thing that's really missing are true disciples, true Christ followers, okay? And sometimes a church just being filled with converts can sometimes be a detriment to the mission that God has called and placed on the church, and that is to make disciples. You remember the Great Commission in Matthew chapter number 28. He said, all authority is being given unto me in heaven and in earth to go and do what? To go and make disciples disciples of all nations that's our mission that's our goal that's what we're to do and here in this passage of scripture jesus said follow me and i will make you fish for people now i think there's three parts of that verse and i'm just kind of uh, reiterating some things that i shared with you several weeks ago just as a remembrance to kind of get us back on track here i want you to notice that jesus said three different things here he said follow me You see, I think the following takes part in our head. That's that conversion time. When we hear the gospel and we receive it, he says, follow me. And then we follow him. That's the decision that we make. But then I want you to notice he says, follow me, and then he says, I will make you. Now who's making here? Who's doing the transforming here? Who is it? It's the Lord, Jesus. He said, follow me and I will make you. Now I want you to notice the transformation is taking place after we make a decision to follow Him, correct? Are you with me? Sometimes everybody wants to clean up the outside before they start on the inside. It just doesn't work like that. We've got to make a decision to repent of our sins, to trust Christ as our Savior, to follow Him. That's the conversion. But it must not stop there. Then we must allow Him to. To make us, right? We must allow Him to mold us into the person He wants us to be. Not a bunch of rules and regulations put out by denomination. Hello? Not a bunch of religious activities that we just must go through. We must really just submit to the Lordship of Christ and allow Him to mold our hearts and our lives to be the person that He wants us to become. So He says, Follow me, okay? That's the head. I will make you, that's the heart. That's when we submit our heart and our love. We we, we stay very pliable. We allow Him to mold us and make us into the person that He wants us to be. And then we have the mission, I will make you fish for people. I will make you fishers of men. That's the hands. So we have the head, the heart, and the hands. Everybody say that. The head, the heart, the hands. The head, follow me. I will make you the heart. The mission, fish for people. That's the practical side of it, and that's what we are to be doing. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, is the Great Commission. He says that we are to go and make disciples. So what is the goal of the church, really? I mean, you think about it. Let's kind of simplify this. What is our mission week in and week out? What is it? Make disciples. Really, that's, it's kind of simple. Sometimes we lose track of that. The mission every single week in our life as a believer is to make disciples. Now there's a lot of things that are, that are included in that. There's, there's all different areas of and, uh, or intricate parts of that. But I just want you to know the mission is simple. The mission is that we are to make disciples and to pre- present everyone mature in Christ. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I want you to look in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 28. Here's a passage of Scripture that Paul shared with us. And he says, we proclaim Him. I want you to notice who we are proclaiming. Who? Him. Jesus. The Gospel. Listen, it's not about me. Okay? I want you to understand that. It's not about the preacher. Everybody say that. Listen, I don't care who you are. It's not about... The preacher. Hello? I'm just the messenger. Listen, guys, I don't ever want you to worship me. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you here. I am just a sinner saved by grace. Hello? I'm getting to heaven the same way you're getting to heaven. Just God has called me and I think anointed me and ordained me and set me aside to proclaim His word As my calling in life, that's really the only difference between me and those that aren't preachers or or pastors. You don't worship me. This is not my church. Are you with me? We have too many people today worshiping preachers. Hello? We have too many people today following men. I don't want you to follow me. I want you to follow me as I point you to the one you are to follow. But then I want you to follow Jesus. I mean, you follow him. Paul said, we proclaim him. Now, if there was anybody, I believe, who had possibly a message to say, follow me, I think it could have been the Apostle Paul. But he does say, follow me as I follow Christ. And he always pointed everyone to Christ. But even here, Paul is not saying... Follow me, the Apostle Paul. He's saying, we proclaim him, Jesus Christ. Listen, guys. If you're not preaching Jesus, I don't care what kind of a message you have. If you're not preaching Jesus, you have nothing to preach. Right. Hello? If you're not lifting up the bloodstained banner of the cross and you're not preaching the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we have no message to preach. And Paul said, we proclaim him, warning "...and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that..." You ask the question, Paul, why were you doing this? Why are you proclaiming Him? And why are you warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom? Why are you doing this? Listen to what he said. "...so that we may present everyone mature in Christ I labor for this." Paul is saying we proclaim Him so that when the day comes and we all stand before Him that we may be able to present everyone to him as mature believers in Jesus Christ. Okay? Paul says, I labor for that. I work to that end every single day. I work to that end every single week. That is my calling. I labor for that. Now, guys, listen. If Paul is going to labor for that, I think we all need to labor for that. That we are laboring together to present people mature in Christ Jesus. So with that statement alone, guys, listen to me. With that statement alone, it's not simply enough to be a convert. Jesus didn't say in the Great Commission, All authority has been given unto me that you may go and share the gospel and make converts. Now making converts is good, right? That's the first step. That's when someone accepts Christ as their Savior. But he said, I want you to make disciples. I want you to grow people past the stage of a convert to where they are disciples of Jesus Christ. I think it was, and I can't remember exactly. I think in our small group study, I can't remember exactly, the other week. Um, In John 6 and 66. You remember that passage of Scripture? Uh, we were talking about and how many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed Him because what He had asked for was too difficult, something to that effect. They turned back and quit following Him. Guys, there's a lot of people that do that today. Those really aren't disciples of Jesus. Because a disciple of Jesus Christ is going to sacrifice everything in his or her life to be a true follower of the gospel of Jesus Christ, a follower of Him. And Paul says, I am laboring that people may be mature in Christ Jesus. Now, we must be doing that as well. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you the different discipleship stages. And I talked to you about if we're going to be those people that labor together. And by the way, that's the challenge You may be saying, where are you going with all of this? Well, I'm going somewhere. I'm just trying to lay a foundation with all of this. But I'm going somewhere with a challenge that I want to give our church. Is that we ourselves challenge ourselves personally. That we evaluate where we are in our spiritual maturity. And we evaluate if we truly are a disciple of Jesus Christ following Him. And then we must ask ourselves the question... Are we discipling others? Are we laboring for this? And I want to try to put together a strategy. I want to try to put together a plan. I want to try to put together a mission for our church that we can strategically partner together to make disciples. Not just push for decisions and converts. That's great. But I think that's one of the biggest problems of the church today ...is that it's filled with converts. We've got baby Christians, infants... ...that haven't matured spiritually. And we must be intentional about maturing people... ...to where we can present them mature in Christ Jesus, right? When they stand before the Lord, they are mature disciples. you guys tracking with me today? All right, so a couple weeks ago, I shared with you... ...and I talked to you about these discipleship stages... All right? Hopefully some of this is ringing a bell. We must be able to look at ourselves, and we must be able to look at those around us, and we must be able to look at those in our church family, and we must be able to assess where they are spiritually. Okay? Now, in doing that, we're going to have to identify the spiritual stage that they're in. We're going to have to see what the needs are at that stage. We're going to have to listen for the phrase of the stage. In other words, what it is they're saying to help us identify what stage they are in. And then we're going to have to know what tool to get out of the tool shed to be able to help them advance to the next level of spiritual maturity. Okay? Are you guys with me? I unpacked this a little bit more a couple weeks ago and you can go to the podcast and listen to that. But I think we've got to understand those components. Now... The five stages, let me give these to you real quickly. The five stages of a disciple, number one, stage one, I spent a whole sermon on this, I think three weeks weeks ago. Stage number one is that we're spiritually dead, okay? That is a pre-conversion, pre-discipleship stage, but that's where it starts. We've got to understand that everyone begins there, right? Right? I mean, we're just spiritually dead in Jesus' cross. We haven't accepted Christ as our Savior. We haven't trusted in Him. There are people that are spiritually dead that go to church every Sunday. Okay? We can't, we can't really say that... We've we got to be careful that we don't classify it and we kind of make it so narrow-minded that we put everybody in that class. We can't say just the, the, the party animals and... And those that are blatantly rejecting Christ and that never go to church and just live vile, wicked, sinful lives, that they are spiritually dead. Yes, they are spiritually dead, but there's some good moral people that go to church every Sunday that are just as spiritually dead. Are you tracking with me? To be spiritually dead means that I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. They may be good people, they may be in our churches on Sunday mornings. They may be part of your family, but they're just spiritually dead. And you can go back and listen to the entire sermon I preached on that several weeks ago. That's stage number one. Well, stage number two and three I want to try to unpack for you today. I was going to try to give you all four, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. And then I'm going to come back next week and share with you the last two stages. Stage two and three that I want to talk about is the infant stage, the child stage, Stage four and five is the young adult stage and then the spiritual parent stage. I believe the spiritual parent stage is a stage of spiritual maturity that we must all strive to become and that we must be striving to bring others along to get them to this stage, okay? Now, we're going to go through all these stages. A few weeks ago, I talked about the spiritually dead. That's stage number one. Today, I want to talk about stage number two. That's the infant stage. And by the way, as I was studying this and going through it myself, I've seen myself in all five of these stages to where now I believe I am the, in the spiritual parent stage, a mature stage. But I, wanna, I want you to know that I have, I have walked through all these stages. As I've studied this out, I have thought back through my mind of those that have come in and out of the doors of Victory Church. And, and I've been able to identify where people are in their stages of spiritual maturity. Now, just let me say this. If you're in an infant stage, that's not a bad thing. I don't want you to get the impression that the only good stage is a spiritual parent stage. Listen, we need all five of these stages, okay? I mean, everybody's going to be at some level of spiritual maturity. So it's not a bad thing to be in the infant stage. I guess it's a bad thing if you're in the infant stage and you've been there for 25 years. That's probably not a good thing. Hello? Right? I mean, we must grow in our faith. We must grow in spiritual maturity. So I'm not saying that any of these are bad or worse. Now, you don't want to be in stage number one forever. Right? Right? You don't want to be spiritually dead. You flat out miss heaven that way. I mean, you can get to heaven at stage number two. Okay? Everybody smile look at me. I can't tell if you're tracking with me or not. But I want you to understand there, there's these different stages. The infant stage is this. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 through 3. It says, Like newborn infants, desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow by it for your salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now those that are in the infant stage, stage number two, I want you to know that these individuals, these disciples, these Christ followers are spiritually alive. Okay? They have trusted Jesus Christ As their personal Savior, they've made a decision to follow Christ. They are brand new believers, or they could be individuals that have trusted Christ and stayed in this stage for 20 plus years. Okay? You gotta understand, and I've shared this with you oftentimes in times past, how long you've been on the road. When I mean on the road, I'm talking about accepting Christ as your Savior and have been a Christ follower. How long you've been on the road only tells me how long it's been since you've accepted Christ as your Savior. It does not tell us how far you've traveled down the road to spiritual maturity, right? So there can be people in this infant stage that are either one, brand new believers in Jesus Christ. I mean, they have just recently prayed to receive Christ as their Savior, they're beginning this brand new walk with Christ. Or they can be people that have accepted Christ and been an infant for years and sitting in the church for years in the infant stage of spiritual maturity. And I believe the writer of Hebrews, which we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews, I personally kind of lean towards the Apostle Paul, but we don't know for certain who wrote the book of Hebrews. But the book of Hebrews, the writer in chapter 5, alludes to those individuals that are in the infant stage, but they've been there way too long. Look what he says in Hebrews chapter 5, in verse 12 through 14. He says, Although by this time you ought to be teachers. You hear what he's saying? He's saying, By this time, by now, you should be teachers, but you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk and not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. These are spiritual infants that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He said, guys, you should be on solid food by now. But instead, spiritually speaking, you're on the milk Of the word. You should be on the solid meat of the word. You should be teaching someone else. What do you think he's alluding to there? You should be discipling someone else, but instead you're in need of someone still discipling you after all of these years. You're still on this spiritual milk of the word. I believe the writer of Hebrews is saying, Shame on you. You should have matured past this stage by now. So I want you to see that just because we're in the stage two, of spiritual maturity, of discipleship, and it being the infant stage. It is a stage for brand new believers. But unfortunately, sometimes it's a stage for those that have accepted Christ many years ago but just have not matured in their faith. You see, I believe these individuals that are in this infant stage, they've been trained by the world more than they've been trained by the Word. And what I mean by that? The world trains us to be Consumers. Right? I mean, everything in the world today is, is about us consuming something that can help make our life easier, more comfortable, more pleasant, better. Are you with me? I mean, you watch the TV commercial. Matter of fact, the last meal I had prior to my, my surgery and getting out of the hospital was on Saturday. And I went into the hospital on Sunday, no food. Hospital on Monday, no food. Hospital on Tuesday, no food. And got to get out of the hospital on Wednesday and finally got a breakfast, which I was disappointed in, and I'll say more about that possibly later. So anyhow, I went, I went three, <laughs> three days with absolutely no food. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, absolutely no food. And they had the TV in my room. And I had never noticed this before until I'm laying there. Do you know how many food commercials there are <laughs> on TV do you know how many times they are, they are really playing around with the savory of the food and, and they almost have you drooling over the food? And I told you, I said, I have, I have never in my life known there were so many food commercials on TV than there are. But what were they trying to do through all these commercials? Get me to consume their product. And if they would have sat it before me, I promise you I would have consumed it. Okay? But we live in a culture, we live in a society today, a world today that trains us to be consumers of products. It's all about what can that company do to make my life more comfortable, to make my life easy. So here's the unfortunate thing that happens for those that are spiritually immature. Are you tracking with me? Here's what happens. They're spiritual infants, okay? Okay. They're in stage number two of discipleship. They come and sit in the churches. And you know what they're expecting? They're expecting you. They're expecting me. They're expecting the church to serve them. Right? And they come in asking questions something like this. What can this pastor and what can this church do for me? Now, by the way... That's a phrase for the stage, okay? Whenever you start hearing that, it's all about this consumer mentality because when you get over to the spiritual parent, the young adult and the spiritual parent, the focus is now not on them. I mean, they're all about service and they're all about giving and they're all about ministry and they're, they're never concerned about what the church can do for them. But I promise you, in this stage, it's always, what can the church do for me? What can the pastor do for me? They have this lack of knowledge of what Jesus has taught. So let's kind of consider just for a moment. Let's, let's think about this and let's consider what we typically expect from infants. Allison's not in here, is she? A lot of times they have her in here. I was going to use Allison and I was going to use Dustin and, and Talia and, and, uh, and kind of talk to them a little bit about their first year as as parents. And she's getting ready to turn a year old. And and, uh, maybe you can identify with this, especially young parents and all of us that have raised children, you can identify with this. But there's some some things that we expect out of infants, right? I mean, and I jotted down a few other things here. A few things that we expect out of infants is we expect them to be messy, right? You don't expect them to keep anything clean. You don't expect them to keep the Cheerios in the little Cheerio tub. You expect them to be everywhere, right? You expect them to drool and have stuff running down their lips and their mouth. And you expect them to get a face handful of food and throw it. I mean, you just expect them to be messy, right? You expect them to be loud, correct? You expect them to need a lot of care. You expect them to need constant attention. I mean, they've got to have someone with them all the time, We know it's going to take time for them to grow. We know it's going to take time for them to mature. We know that there are going to be demands on your time in raising an infant, right? We know that you as a parent, myself, when we were parents of infants, we know there are going to be some things that you would love to do that you're just going to have to sacrifice and do without for a while. Why? Because your child needs your constant care and attention, and life really now is kind of all about them and taking care of them, right? I mean, we kind of expect that from the infant stage. We know that it's going to require patience from us as parents. Are you with me? (laughs) And we know that there's going to be mistakes along the way. Are you you seeing how this is going to dovetail into the church? And spiritually speaking. (laughs) Now, I don't have a problem with a... (laughs) I really don't have a problem with a stage 2 infant disciple. I get kind of irritated when they're 25 years old in the faith and still at stage 2 infant spiritual maturity disciple age. Right? We need patience there, right? We need EGR. You know what EGR is? Extra grace required, right? We need that as spiritual parents because we've got to push. So what's a phase for the stage? And I guess by now you're thinking, man, I'm glad he's only going to give us two of these today and not four, right? What's a stage for the phase? This phase two infancy stage of discipleship, what's some of the phases... phrases if you will what about something like this I need to go to church regularly well I've never heard that before I need to pray regularly I need to read my Bible every day well I've never heard that before how can I even do that well I didn't know the Bible said that tithing what's that all about well I've always connected with God through nature being outdoors is my church I don't need to go to church on Sunday to get to heaven. You ever heard that? Yes. Is that a true or false statement? A trick question. It's a true statement. You don't need to go to church on, on Sunday to get to heaven. But you're going to be a lot more mature Christian by going to church and identifying with a local church somewhere. Hello? And we'll get into that later. I know Jesus is God, but isn't karma real too? Trinity? What? What's that all about? Here's one. Infant stage. My wife and I just got baptized. And on the way home from church, we got into a huge fight. What's that all about? I thought Jesus was supposed to take care of all of our problems. Infant stage, right? Listen, you're still going to have problems. Even after you accept Christ as your Savior. Husbands, those wives are still not going to get it until Jesus comes. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Those are some of the phrases from the stage. Well, what's some of the needs of that stage? And I jotted down a few things here that they need care from you as a spiritual parent, or at least a young adult, spiritual young adult. They need you to feed them. They need to grow in their faith. They need personal attention. They need someone to come alongside them and help grow them out of that. They need someone to come alongside them and just like you would an infant and a child, start teaching them that life is not all about you. Okay? Hello? Being a mature believer in Christ is not all about you. Are you okay with that? They need somebody to come alongside and start teaching that to them. They need protection. They need guidance. Get this. They need guidance because they are at a very vulnerable stage. What do I mean by that? They have just accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They're at the infant stage of discipleship. They're interested now in spiritual things. Guys, as I shared with you when I preached through the book of Jude about the false prophets that are out there and the false doctrines that are out there, the cults that are out there, all of those prey on spiritual infants. Those people that are concerned about spiritual things, but they don't have the truth of the word down pat yet. Matter of fact, and I don't mean to make this a bashing session, that's not my heart's intent, please understand that, but the Mormon church has really grown by getting the infants out of Christianity. And matter of fact, the parachurch christian movements that are out there today that put more emphasis on their ministry than they do the local church pray on these individuals and pull them over into their parachurch ministries and guys understand this please understand this i am not against parachurch ministries i am not against parachurch means ministries that come alongside the church and help minister to the church I am not against parachurch ministries. However, I am against every parachurch ministry that does not drive you back to responsibility in your local church. Hello? If there's a parachurch ministry out there today and all they ever talk about is their parachurch ministry and they're not driving you back into your local church where you are to have responsibility and accountability and relationships and and getting connected in the local church, I promise you, I will not endorse it. I will not come alongside of it. I will not encourage you to be a part of it. I believe it's a tool of Satan to use something good to, I think, dismantle what Jesus said that he's done for, and that is the local church. Now, I would stomp and shout and carry on right there if I was able to, but I wasn't able to. That's the best I could give you today. But I want you to hear my heart. There's a lot of parachurch ministries that are praying on infant disciples today and pulling them apart from the local church and getting them all gung ho and on fire about their parachurch ministry, and they do nothing for the local church. Are you with me? Be careful. Be careful. So, individuals at this stage, I think, are very vulnerable and we must be careful. So, we have spiritual dead. That's stage number one. Stage number two is the infant stage of discipleship. Stage number three is the child stage, okay? This is the child stage. and this is, I want to close with this one, and, but I want to unpack it for you briefly here this morning. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12, the writer says, I am writing to you little children. Because your sins have been forgiven because of Jesus' name. You see, I think all through Scripture we see that Scripture identifies us at different levels of our spiritual maturity. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. By the way, I hope you're reading and following along in your Bibles with us today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. It says, "...you are witnesses, and so is God, of how devoutly and righteously and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers." As you know, get this, like a father with his own children, we encouraged and comforted and implored each each of you to walk worthy of God. Paul is saying in Thessalonians that we've come alongside you like spiritual parents. And we're growing you through this infancy stage and now into this childhood stage. And our plan is to encourage and comfort you to grow even beyond that stage, so here I want you to see that people in the child stage in, in, in stage number three they 're in this this continuing to grow in their relationship with God and continuing to grow in their relationship with other christian stage okay they 're developing a little bit more than the infant stage they 're getting some of the Christian lingo down pat. they can carry on now. Uh, a Christian conversation with the Christian lingo, if you will, and and have those conversations with other believers in Jesus Christ. They're actually taking portions of the Word of God, and they are beginning to apply the Word of God to their life. They're walking with other believers that are growing in their faith. You can see that they have matured past infancy, but they're still a child because much of their spiritual life still revolves around them. Okay? They haven't really grown past that yet. They're still in this child. They're still more concerned about meeting their own needs. They're still more concerned about the church and the pastor fulfilling their desires and their interest and their needs. They're still very much focused on that. They still very much have that consumer mentality when going to church. They're still just quite self-centered. Okay? Are you with me? I mean we just gotta identify it. Alright? And we've got to grow people past that stage. So what's some of the characteristics? I jotted down a, a few of the characteristics of a of a typical child. Get this. A, a child can do some things for himself. As a matter of fact they kinda get Sometimes very independent here, right? Feel like they want to do everything by themselves. And However, you know as a parent, they can't do everything by themselves. They still need some instruction. They still need some parenting. They still need someone to come alongside them and teach them some things. But they get very independent at this stage. Now, I believe right here is the stage where probably the majority of Christians that sit in churches on Sunday mornings really are. I think this is where most of them sit. I mean, when they come to the infant stage, they're so excited about their new walk in Christ, just that first year or so of just being excited is going to almost grow them into the child stage. But there's going to have to be some, there's going to have to be some intentionality to grow past this stage to a young adult stage. And, and, and part of that is growing outside of themselves and realizing that life really isn't about me. I, at this stage, remember, they get independent enough that they can do a lot of things themselves. All right? They're speaking the, the Christian lingo, so to speak. They can carry themselves pretty comfortably in a Christian crowd. They're, they're working on their relationship with Christ, and they're, they're establishing relationship with other believers. They're, they're most likely connected in a small group, But still there's this mentality that that life still kind of is all about me, okay? And I believe if I could classify the majority of Christians, I I would put it up around 75%, maybe 70% are probably at this stage. Guys, we need to grow past this stage, okay? And you're going to see some things. What's some of the phrases from the stage? What's some of the things you will hear people in this stage say? Get this. You may hear things like, I don't know if this church is meeting my needs anymore. Maybe I should go to a different church that does better at meeting my needs. You heard that before? You should automatically be a son, go up of what stage that individual's in. Because still life revolves around them. Right? If they die in that stage, are they going to heaven? Everybody say yes. Okay. I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not. Get that. I'm not talking about whether you're going to hell or going to heaven. We're going to heaven minute we accept Christ as our Savior, okay? So I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about growing to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And at this stage, life still centers around ourselves. What about a phrase something like this? I don't want to birth my small group into two groups. I realize we're getting larger, but I enjoy the relationships that I've built in my small group. Son, hey, we've all been there, right? Smile. Come on, look at me. It's okay. It's it's just part of life. It's just growing. But whenever I hear this, I know. And I don't care if you've been, listen, I don't care if you've been a Christian 25, 30 years or five days. It doesn't matter. I can tell what stage you're in by what you're saying, right? Who are all these new people coming to church? Well, they took my seat in the auditorium. Well, that's where I park in the parking lot. Everybody knows that's where I park. Child stage. Are you with me? Life still kind of still just centers around ourselves. Why do we have to learn new songs? I like the old songs we used to sing. Right? Child stage. Or get this. I didn't much like the music today. Really? Oh, man, if... I wish I could. I wish I could move a little bit better. Than I can move today. I'd get all over this. Really? I, I didn't. I didn't much like the music today. Child stage. Or, man, I just didn't much like the sermon today. Child stage. Right? Hello? <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> man, I wish I could bring it today. That's about. Not the best I can give you, and I'm wearing down a little bit now. Or, or get this. Man, all, all the music was too slow today. I, I like the more upbeat stuff. Or if it was upbeat, I wish, the, I wish it was more slow today, the music. I, I don't much like the upbeat stuff. I mean, you're never really going to please everybody, right? Because really it still is all about themselves, right? Or uh, get this. Get this. I came to church today and nobody said hi to me. No one even calls me through the week to see how I'm doing. No one spends time with me. While the pastor walked right by me today in the hallway and never even stopped to say hello. Now listen guys, I'm sorry if I did that. I try my best to speak to everybody. But I'm not going to be able to speak to everybody, right? I mean today I kind of intentionally hid because, you know, I'm used to bear hugs and hugging and poking and carrying on and my body couldn't tolerate that today. So I had to kind of stay back here in the corner until I had to come out, until time to come out. But listen, child stage, right? Are you with me? Child stage. My small group is not taking care of my needs like they should. I wasn't fed at all by the sermon today. Why don't they have a ministry to singles at this church? This church just, just must not care about singles. Or you can get into the Romans 14 type child, child stage to where you become very legalistic and very narrow about what you believe Christians can and cannot do. And you may say something like this, no Christian should ever listen to Christian rock, Christian rap, Christian hip-hop and what you fill in the blank. Really? Child stage. Well, I joined the worship team, but no one ever asked me. Child stage. Well, I was helping in the children's ministry, but I didn't feel appreciated, so I quit. Child stage. Are you with me, guys? The majority of believers that are going to church every single Sunday go to church in the child stage. Feelings get hurt so easy. Why? Because they're children. They're just children. we got to grow beyond that. Okay? So what are some of the needs? How do we meet the needs of that stage? Now, I'm just kind of laying these foundations, so I'm going to put together a strategy in the weeks to come of how we all can intentionally get in here and help us grow to spiritual maturity. Some of the needs of the stage is that we must start beginning to build these strong connections to a mature believer, get this, that has a God-focused, kingdom-focused perspective. Okay? They must have someone come alongside them. And if we are a spiritual parent, we must look around and find stage three disciples and we must go to them and be their spiritual parent that can grow them out of that stage. So many Christians get, I believe, get in this stage and and with all they don't want to, listen, they don't intentionally stay there forever. They just don't know how to get out of it. And I believe spiritual parents that are maybe spiritually mature possibly even one don't even know how they got out of it. And then two may not even know how to help someone get out of, out of it themselves which is what I want to address in the weeks to come. But we must be intentional about growing people out of this stage because so many people get hurt in this stage and they wind up quitting church in this stage. Are you with me? Now whose fault is it? Well I believe it's Both. I believe it's the spiritual parent's fault for not doing their job, but I put just as much on the responsibility on the child for not growing and getting into the Word themselves and growing past that. Okay? So I don't believe anyone carries all the blame. I think we're in this thing together. Are you with me? So some of the needs are they need teaching, get this, about who they are in Christ Jesus, about how to have close friendships and relationships with other believers, and what to expect from other Christians and what to expect from the church, okay? So many times feelings get hurt because they come to the table with these unrealistic expectations of what the church is to provide for them, and then when the church doesn't do that, they get hurt and quit church, and that church just doesn't care about everybody, so they say, right? You see this cycle we get in? And so many times as believers, we get in this stage three cycle and we just kind of, it's like a, a hermit, what do you call that little thing that runs on the wheel? Not a hermit crab. Yeah. Her, 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 hermit crab's not going to move too fast on that wheel. Yeah, okay. Stop it, John Pratt. Like the hamster on a wheel, right? I told him, I said, one thing that hurts more than anything is laughing. And he had me laughing that quick in my office. I said, you got to get out of my office. I can't stand it. But anyway, a, a hamster on a wheel, right? We just kind of just running this wheel over and over and over again. And we, we got to stop that, okay? So we've got to be able to move past that. So I said all that to say this, guys. We have these five stages that I want you to become familiar with. Stage number one is what? Spiritually dead. Stage number two? Infant. Stage number three, a child. Next week, I'm going to unpack stage number four, which is the young adult, and then stage number five, which is a spiritual parent. And then once I get past that, I'm going to show you how the different circles we move in, the different spheres we are in in our daily routine and daily life, how they are impacted by the spiritual stage that we are in and how we can intentionally put forth a strategy in our own life that can help us do what Jesus said is the mission of the church, and that is to make disciples, okay? And we all need to be making disciples. So let me ask you this question right now. If you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, I want you to, do, I want you to answer a couple questions just silently to yourself right here in the bank, and come on, I'm kind of done, I'm going to wrap things up here. I want you to think about yourself right now. What spiritual stage are you in as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Now, praise the Lord, you're a Christ follower, okay? And I'm so thankful you're in the family of God. But we must be about presenting everyone mature in Christ. Paul said, I labor for this. Jesus said, this is your mission, to make disciples. So I want you to think about right now, what spiritual stage are you in personally right now? Not someone else Not someone in your small group, not your wife or your husband or your kids. I want you to think about yourself. What spiritual stage are you in? I want you to evaluate that. I want you to assess that. All right? I've been in all of them. Okay? Some of the things that I said in those stages are are so real. I remember making statements like that. And I can remember where I was spiritually speaking. And thankfully, I've been able to grow past that. I want you to grow past that. But you'll never grow further than you are right now until you, are, until you identify where you are spiritually. Okay? So I want you to do that. Now, the second thing I want you to think about is this. Jesus gave us the Great Commission. And all too often, I think we've kind of thought, well, the Great, great Commission is simply just sharing the gospel and getting converts. Well, that's only maybe half true. It's not about just getting converts. It's about making disciples. All authority has been given unto me, Jesus said, under heaven, for you to make disciples of all nations. So let me ask you right now, who are you discipling? Is there someone in your life right now? And who is that someone that you're discipling? You may say, well, I I I don't know that I'm really discipling anyone. That's my point. We're going to start working on that in the weeks to come. Okay? My point is we must all grow to where we are spiritual parents. And we are intentionally reaching out to someone and bringing them along as our disciple. We're going to disciple them so that they can follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to help grow them through these stages of discipleship so that we can present everyone mature in Jesus Christ. I want you to pray about being a spiritual parent and I want you to start being open to that and I want you to start asking the Lord to help you to identify some individuals in your life that you can come alongside and you can minister to them and you can help grow them in the faith and be a spiritual parent to them. You may say, I'm not even sure I'm there yet. Well just pray and ask God to help you get there. Okay? And then we're going to do that together as a church in the weeks to come. So we're going to be on this topic in this subject for several weeks. Because I want us to work together to make disciples. I want us to recognize where people are. Not so we can throw rocks at them. Remember the sermon I preached several months ago? Drop the rocks. Listen, we're not judging people. We just realize that people are in different stages. And it's our job. Paul said, I labor for this. To present everyone mature in Christ Jesus. So I want us to come together under that that banner. And rally together to make disciples and present them mature in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and for this time to share your word. And, and Father, I thank you for the strength you've given me today to be able to share. And, and God, I thank you for the ability to be able to just stand and, and teach your word today. Thank you, God, for our church family and for each one that's here. And, and God, I know that there are some that, that have just began this journey of of faith, that have just become a disciple of yours, and have just started following you, and, and yes, God, they are in the infant stage, and God, I thank you for that, and help them, Lord, to continue to to drink the pure milk of the word of God, so that they can get strong enough to get to the meat of the word, and grow them, Lord, I pray, and and help us that are mature to come alongside them, and nurture them, and care for them, and and apply EGR, and and to know that sometimes it gets messy, and and to be able to nurture them and love them and care for them and grow them past the stage that they're in. But God, there's so many today that get hung up in stage three. And I believe that's the child stage to where, God, we just kind of lose track of things and and we get hurt. And, and life really is just centered all around us as individuals. And, and Lord, I just pray you help us to grow past that stage. And Father, I pray if there's one here today that has identified that they are in stage three, that they're a child in the faith, and and maybe they have gotten hurt. And I just pray, God, that you start administering healing in that area, and and God, you give them a spirit of forgiveness, and and God, you give us in the church a grace that we can minister to them and give us a spirit of forgiveness and, and realize, God, we're all in this thing together, and we're a family. We're your children, and, and we grow at different rates and, and different paces, and... And we're at different levels. And just help us to identify that and help us to be diligent about making disciples. And Father, if there's one here today that just does not know you, and maybe they're in stage one, just spiritually dead, my prayer is today that they would receive you as their Lord and their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray.